I've got a confession to make. For the first year of my daughter's life, I wore one bra. Okay, that's a lie. I had three bras, but I only had one day bra. The other two were junky, cotton, shapeless ones for sleeping in, so I wouldn't leak all over the bed. My poor day bra. I'd wear it all day long and wash it when I remembered to. After a year, it was gray. It was all stretched out. If there's one quality you don't want in a bra, it's bagginess. I felt super gross wearing this thing. But nursing bras are expensive. And I figured soon enough I'll be done breastfeeding and I'll go back to my regular bras. So why buy a new one? So when the day came and breastfeeding was over, I went to my underwear drawer. I dug around in the back for my old bras. I pulled them out, held them in front of me, and I was like, wait, whose tiny bras are these? The next day, I went to a department store, got fitted. Turned out I was two cup sizes larger than I used to be. I kept the tiny bras in the back of the drawer, thinking I'd go back eventually to my old size, my old self. It's four years later. I still haven't. This is The Longest Shortest Time from WNYC. I'm Hillary Frank. Today on the show, we're talking about the ways that we change after becoming parents. Of course, there are countless ways that we change. Today, we're going to focus on some physical changes, stuff that we don't usually talk about because it can be embarrassing. We're going to talk about those things, and we're going to talk about how we're supposed to feel like ourselves when those changes don't change back. I got this idea because you guys are always talking about not feeling like yourselves in our Facebook group for moms, Longest Shortest Time Mamas. So I called up one woman who feels stuck, not knowing who she is anymore, just like a lot of you, and one woman who's figured out for herself how to get unstuck. Stay with us. Erin Breen is a listener in Pittsburgh. She's got a daughter named Julia, who's almost two. Erin wrote to us because she wanted to talk about this really unusual change she's had since becoming a mom, something she totally didn't expect. Yeah, my my voice changed. It's actually a lot deeper than it used to be. And at first I thought I was just really tired, and then it just never changed back. Erin asked her husband about it, if her voice sounded deeper to him, too. He was like, I don't know. I can't tell. I, I definitely knew that it wasn't just in my mind because I went to D.C. with my husband and my aunt lives near there. And um, most people in my family hadn't met Julia yet. So I called her to make plans to meet up with her. And I had been making these plans online with her. So I called her that day. And I was like, hi, Karen. And she was like, who is this? And I said, Aaron. And she said, Aaron who? Like, she had no (laughs) idea who I was by my voice. Um, And that happened a few more times. And then even this last Thanksgiving, some of my aunts at Thanksgiving were like, you know your voice is different. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I, yeah, I don't sound like the same person anymore. What did you enjoy about your old voice? Well, I really liked singing. I mean, I'm never, I don't want to like give anybody the impression that I was this great singer who (laughs) was like starring in musicals or something. Maybe not, 
but before Erin had Julia, she was kind of the star of her own musical. She'd always be belting out songs in the car along with the radio, and she'd go to karaoke with her friends twice a month, sometimes more. I really love singing Don't Stop Believing and, like, The Supremes. Um, like, I love to sing Let's Hear It for the Boy from Footloose whenever my husband was there, too, because <laughs> it made him, like, really uncomfortable. One of Aaron's favorite places to sing karaoke is a place in Pittsburgh called Dell's. It's an Italian restaurant with a U-shaped bar. They do a thing there where people sit at the bar and pass the mic around. And there would always be this one guy who was really, I think he was in a band, and he would just come and sing songs, and he was great. And I sang, one night I sang, um, Where Did Our Love Go? by the Supremes. And at the end, he told me I did a good job, and then I heard him say to somebody, like, wow, she's really good. Like, she has a great voice. And I just felt like, like, I can still remember how good I felt then. I just felt like, wow, like this guy who's like really legitimately like, like he's like a musician and he thinks, he thinks I'm, I'm good at this. All of Aaron's friends know she's great at karaoke. At her wedding, when Don't Stop Believing came on, a bunch of them told her, you have to sing. The DJ handed over the mic and she sang into it, over the music, to all her guests. But then... Erin became a mom. One day after she had Julia, she went to sing along with the radio like always. Something happened that had never happened before. Her voice cracked. She couldn't hit the high notes, and her throat got sore from trying. She tried singing Julia a lullaby and, and couldn't even get through that. Music was suddenly no fun. So Erin stopped listening to music altogether. In the car, she turns on talk radio instead. She hasn't joined her friends on karaoke night since she was pregnant. It's been more than two years. It's kind of heartbreaking to me. Uh, like, I didn't have a career before I had Julia. Um, I went to college and I have a degree, but I never used it. Like, I don't have, like, this, like, goal that I'm working towards in my life. Like, and so I already kind of, like, figured that being a mom was going to be like my new goal, like being a really good mom. So it's just really hard for me that like the one thing that I felt like I could do well was kind of like taken away from me and this whole thing. And it, and I feel like silly saying these kind of things because it's not like I was singing in a band or anything. I just, it's just like something about me that everybody knows. And it's just like, could be something that Julia will never know about me. Oh, wow. What, is, what does that mean to you? I don't know. Like, maybe she'll wonder one day, like, You know, like, was my mom ever really good at anything? It sounds like this has really changed your identity. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more it just bums me out. Erin says she wants to find new ways of being Erin, but she doesn't even know where to begin. And I didn't know what to tell her either, because I've never even heard of this voice change thing before. So I'm turning to you guys. 
Since so many of you have struggled with figuring out who you are, too, I thought maybe you'd be able to help. So what are your ideas for Erin? Do you have any thoughts on anything she can try to help her voice? Have any of you experienced this before? Are there home remedies, a, a voice coach, or even ideas about how to figure out what else you're good at when you can't physically do the thing you used to be good at anymore? We want to know what you're thinking. Go to LongestShortestTime.com and leave your thoughts in the comments for this episode. That's episode 56. Coming up, I talked to a woman who used to feel just like Erin, but then she figured out ways to feel good, or good enough, about how she's changed. And she shames me into feeling good enough, too. Don't go away. You guys, it is finally time to tell you about this super secret thing we've been working on for months. I'm talking about our Longest Shortest Time app. This app is meant to make you feel less alone during the day, during the night, whenever. There are a few things you can do with it to listen to us and to listen to each other and to find help when you need it. The thing I'm most excited about with this app is it makes it super easy for you to send us audio and for you to be a part of our show. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go try this thing out. Go to longestshortesttime.com slash app, click download. When you open up the app, go to the talk section. We've got a question posted there. What's the meanest trick you ever played on a sibling? So we want you to answer that question. Just press the big red button, record your answer into your phone, and it'll send the audio straight to us. We're going to be picking our favorites to play in our upcoming episode with Roman Mars, host of the podcast 99% Invisible. I can't wait to hear all of your answers. Thanks. And if you're looking for another podcast to try, check out The Sporkful with Dan Pashman. Dan's show is about food, but not in a snobby way. It's, it's all about eating, and Dan gives some practical advice on how to eat stuff, and he's got this wonderful, absurdist sense of humor that is just so much fun to be around. Dan shares a cubicle with our show at WNYC, and he's always asking me to do things like taste test root beers and eat cheeseburgers with the cheese on the bottom and, and break apart Oreos in some really particular way. I really like his show, and, and I especially enjoyed his episode about donuts, which featured our own producer, Joanna, talking about the donut that once mended her broken heart. Get The Sporkful wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the WNYC app. We're back, and I'm joined by audience favorite Jane Marie. Jane was on the podcast back in January in our Parents' Guide to Doing It episode, giving sex advice with Dan Savage. Welcome back to The Longest Shortest Time. Thanks for having me back. Jane is my style-savvy friend. You've got friends like this, right? People you go to when you need style advice. Maybe you are that person. Jane is like this to me. I went to her when I needed to know where to find a dress that would look good on my mama body with all of its new lumps and bigger cup size. She's taught me how to put on eye makeup. She's taught me how to paint my nails in fancy ways that would normally cost big bucks at a nail salon. Most of the stuff she's taught me, she's taught me online. She's a beauty columnist, and if you just Google her name, Jane Marie, you'll find all kinds of videos and writing with advice on clothes and makeup. Right now, she's running a beauty blog for Jezebel called Millahelen. Jane is super sassy and opinionated about this stuff, which makes for a great read. 
But what I love is that she's on a mission to make all women feel good in their bodies, something that was a challenge for her, just like it is for most of us, when she became a mom two years ago. Well, right before I gave birth, I got eyelash extensions. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I got a Groupon for eyelash extensions. And my pictures from the labor and delivery are hilarious. I have like French (laughs) manicure and eyelash extensions. That does sound ridiculous. (laughs) It it looks like I'm wearing a full face of makeup. It's amazing. Um, Yeah, so... And I think the same goes for just like wearing motherhood, really, which is like if you want... Like if it's bringing you down, and it doesn't bring a lot of people down, but if it's bringing you down, there are, you know, just try to do your regular routine as much as you can. Try to be yourself as much as you can. For me, that is putting on makeup in the morning. Most of the time. But I didn't have anywhere to go. And that's how I started feeling like so not like myself. I was like, where was I going to go? I don't have anywhere. Nobody's going to see me. You know, and then it's four days later and I'm in the same clothes and I haven't put my face on. And I'm like, you're a slob. And I was a slob. (laughs) It's also a mom and very busy, but um, it just doesn't feel good. And And I think it's, especially when you have a newborn too, like every task for yourself seems unimportant and kind of insurmountable. Yeah. But it's not. Makeup takes five, ten minutes. Your boobs might leak the whole time. So, so you know, parenthood can also take a, a really big physical toll on your body, especially mm-hmm. if you've been pregnant. There's, like, the classic stuff is the bigger feet, that like, the hair falling out. You, you know, feet, you might not go. Feet. <laughs> you might not ever go back to your pre-pregnancy weight. Did, did, <laughs> did anything change for you that still hasn't gone back? My feet. Um... My stomach looks like, uh, I don't know what it looks, it looks old. (laughs) (laughs) It looks old and bumpy. Um, My boobs are both larger and smaller is how it feels. Like they're, they take up more space on my chest, but there's nothing in them. Um, (laughs) My, my, so here are my things. I've got, I've got the stretch marks. I I haven't gone back to my pre-pregnancy weight still. My my wedding ring didn't fit me why for 10 months. Why do you even months. think of it that way? Sorry, I have to interrupt oh, you. Oh, yeah, interrupt me. No, why how old is Sasha now? 5. Why would you even talk about yourself like back to my pre-pregnancy weight? Do you know what I mean? Because because it's like you I just am in this mindset where I'm like I can still lose those 5 pounds. Five years later, forget it. Who cares? <laughs> Buy new clothes. Yeah, the, I still have the clothes that are sitting there that are like just in case. Get rid of them. They're not even cool anymore. They're from five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I serious. should. I should. I should, yeah. right? Yes. Oh, my God. Stop. Five. First of all, five pounds is nothing. Nothing. So, but, so how can I... Um, I think a lot of people are in this same place, right? So like how do you how do you how do you feel like, well, that's okay. I'm going to accept this and not keep being like one day it'll happen. Um and just be like this is the new me. Yeah. Just do that. Just be like this is the new me and start having fun dressing your new body because that's I mean really it made a difference for me because I'm up like 10 pounds. For me, it was really like giving myself permission to to move on in my wardrobe and my look. I got a haircut that is better for my new 
whatever, my new me. Um, and I got, I went, started going to like kind of hippie-ish stores, like more loose fitting things. Cause I realized that I used to wear a lot of tailored items and a lot of like waist stinching belts and things like that. And I just can't wear that stuff anymore. So, um, I, I don't know. I just had to tell myself like, first of all, that, sh- that shit's old. It's not cool. So <laughs> try to find out what's cool and then get like the loosest, flowiest version of that. I don't know. I always, it just makes, it always makes me sad when people talk about like when people are years down the line, still thinking about their baby weight, you know, it's like not your baby weight. It's just what you weigh and it's fine. You can't make a, create a human being with your body and have like absolutely zero impact. I hate, I mean, I kind of hate that like Hollywood has told us that, you know, like look at her six weeks post-pregnancy. It's like, give me a break. Right. They're congratulating all of the actors and models for losing their baby weight so quickly. But they have to. That's their job, literally their job. And they have a lot of help. So, so bathing suit season is upon us. Mm-hmm. What can people do to feel more confident? Self-tanner. Self-tanner. Yes. Really? Yeah. It disguises a lot. Um, it does. And uh, get a suit that works for your new body. Again, stop wearing that old suit or thinking about that old suit. No matter what. Like even if you even if you could technically fit into it. Like I just feel like, no, you can have a new look now. This is like an opportunity to do something different, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, I always, always wore itsy bitsy teeny weeny bikinis and even after I had the baby at first I was trying to do that and I just something didn't feel right like I I couldn't figure it out but I was like trying like high-waisted bottoms or um it it was like my boobs were always going to spill out the top of the bikini top and and they weren't even going to it wasn't not like not in an exciting way because there's nothing in them they're just like floppy empty things um (laughs) so you know it wasn't like a Kate Upton spilling out kind of look it was just like a messy um, thing. So I went and got a one piece like halter. Changed my life. Yeah, that's what that's what I do. I have the I have the same thing I've gotten from Target for years. It's like a it's like a one piece ruched thing. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. It works. It's fine, you know? And then um the other thing that I try to do for myself is be a more open people watcher and instead of just looking at the people that look quote unquote perfect or like swimsuit models just kind of look around you in the summertime and just see how many people out there are so hot temperature wise I mean and they have to wear a swimsuit because it's hot and they're at the beach and they're fine with it you know mm-hmm Oh my God, South Beach, Miami is the best place. Oh, it's like the best place to get a new attitude. Sure, you can like find, you know, perfect um, bodies on the beach or whatever. But there are so many women in South Beach who like work it with what they have. (laughs) You know, people in high heels and big hats and fun jewelry and all this stuff. and, And you just think like, huh, she's owning it. Yeah, she's great. She's having fun. I want to be like her. I'd much rather be like her 
than like starving. My daughter thinks the stretch marks are beautiful. She says she wants them when she gets older. That's perfect. (laughs) Tell her she might get them. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Never lose that attitude. So I took Jane's advice. A few days after we talked, I went through my clothes, picked out all my maybe one day I'll fit into this again uncool clothes from five years ago, packed it all in a garbage bag, and I donated it. I've got to say, she was right. I feel better. Now I don't have a constant reminder every time I open my closet that I'm different, probably not going back. There are lots of ways that we change permanently after becoming parents, and not just physically. And changes happen to all of us, not only people who have been pregnant. We want to know how you've changed. What have you lost? How have you handled it? Go to longestshortesttime.com and leave your comment on this episode. That's episode 56. We've got a picture there of Jane with her eyelash extensions just after giving birth. Couple quick notes. We are just back from the Bay Area where I did a live taping with Roman Mars. We'll be playing that interview on the podcast soon. We also did a round of speed dating for mom friends, which was so much fun. Moms came out, made new friends, drank mimosas, ate donuts. We're doing more speed dating for mom friends in Brooklyn on May 7th. That's part of Radio Love Fest at BAM. We still have tickets available. Find them at wnyc.org slash events. And don't forget to check out the Sporkful podcast. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. Get the Sporkful wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the WNYC app. This podcast is a production of The Longest Shortest Time and WNYC. The show is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Joanna Solitaroff. Bill Moss mixed the show. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. Special thanks to Peter Clowney. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks at 3 a.m. But if you're not really a 3 a.m. type, you can hear the show early. You can get it at 9 p.m. Just subscribe to our newsletter. Go to the website, enter your email in that little box there, and I'll send you a secret link six hours earlier than the show gets posted. And here at The Longest Shortest Time, we get at least half of our stories from you, our listeners. So keep your ideas coming. If you want to be like Erin, the woman at the top of this show whose voice changed, write to us. We take stories about any surprising struggle in parenthood. It can be about you and your kids, you and your parents. We love hearing things we've never heard before. So go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story.